My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hey friends, this episode was recorded before the COVID crisis and the opinions expressed do not represent the current climate of the country. Make sure you stay tuned for more current episodes. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Lewis, owner of Detroit Mom. I'm so excited to have you here today. My co-hosts for today are Kimberly, G. Young, Scarlett, and Jasmine. They'll introduce themselves in just a moment. Today, we're going to discuss inclusion and diversity within Detroit Mom and motherhood. So let's dive in. So Kimberly, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first and kind of tell us how diversity plays a role in your life or has played a role. Sure. Hey there, guys. I'm Kimberly, and uh, diversity plays a role in my life in a really big way because I'm raising a multicultural family. So I built my family through international adoption. My son was born in Guatemala, and my daughter was born in Ethiopia. Uh, so we talk about identity and race and diversity and inclusion and equity and all the fun topics in our house um, pretty regularly. So happy to be here today. I love that. All right, Ji Young, let's hear from you. Hey guys, my name is Ji Young. I'm so excited to be here. I am a what you would call a 1.5 generation immigrant. Um, I came here when I was six years old. Um, and so diversity and inclusion is something that has been an active part of my identity in growing up as an individual and now as a mom. I am also married to a Caucasian uh, white male. So our kids are um, half Korean half-white, um, and we are raising them in a bilingual household. So it is something that's um, very active and part of our daily life. So I'm excited to discuss all things about our daily life and how that applies. Scarlett. Hi, everyone. I'm Scarlett. I'm happy to be here. And so I have um, a religiously diverse marriage. I am Jewish and I married a Christian, a devout Christian man. So um, that, those are the issues that I deal with on just like the daily basis uh, in our lives. How are we, um, how are we raising our children and um, the points of contention that come up um, between my background and his. Right. Jasmine. Hey, I'm Jasmine. I am a mother of one uh, boy, and I'm an African-American mother. Um, my background is a melting pot of Southern roots, uh, Detroit born and raised, and suburb imported. So I have a variety underneath my belt of diversity. I love that. Okay, so... Um, kind of back to our big discussion. Basically, there is an elephant in the room, um, I think, across the board with Detroit moms. 
Um, something that we don't talk enough about is obviously diversity and inclusion, but something we face here at Detroit Mom on a regular basis is people don't think that we um, are diverse enough in how we represent our community. Or um, we're called Detroit Mom, but a lot of us live in the metro area, and so they feel that because we're white women in the metro area, we shouldn't be able to own a site called Detroit Mom. Um, so we're kind of going to discuss stuff like that and how we can kind of understand each other's perspective when it comes to hearing that. Um, because for me, when I hear Detroit Mom, it's not necessarily, I'm, I live in Farmington, so I'm not going to walk around saying I'm, I'm a Farmington mom. Um, it's not just something, it's just not something you do. Like, I'm not out there wearing a shirt that says, hey, Far you know, Farmington mom, representing Farmington like that. Farmington for me is just like a place, it's where I live, it's where my home is. But Detroit is somewhere, when I go places, I say I live in Detroit or things like that. And I originally come from an extremely, extremely small town um, with a stoplight and um, <laughs> we were like really excited when we got a Taco Bell when we were in middle school. Um, but for us, I grew up in a very white community. So I didn't grow up with any other races um, or differences. Um, but my dad worked for GM and so my dad had black friends and we got a taste of that. And we I didn't grow up in a racist household. Um, so when my daughter, my she was probably four, I made the decision to move to Detroit to, I wanted something more for her, not to just grow up in a community full of white women or white families or um, to kind of learn from other people because it was something I was always super curious about. So when I moved to Detroit, it was something I was excited about to say that I was somebody that lived here and I've now been here for in the city or not in the city, but um, in the metro area for 14, well, almost 15 years. So um, when I when we brought Detroit Mom kind of to the forefront, um, it was something that we wanted women from everywhere. It didn't matter whether you're Metro or you're Detroit to feel welcomed into a community because that was something I was lacking, was really lacking community. And um, I didn't really know where to find it. So with Detroit Mom, I think we kind of we want to talk about that something that's at the forefront of our diversity is literally and how we can be more inclusive at the forefront of our mind. Um, it's something we talk about that we worry about. Are we being inclusive enough? You know, are we do we represent enough voices on our team? Do we have enough people? Um, you know, because there's so many different ways you can look at diversity, and so that was kind of the the whole point to having this conversation too is because we have you know, four other women in here that have different perspectives that come from different backgrounds that we can have this conversation with. And I know a lot of people are open to have the, not actually, that's not true. A lot of people aren't open to have the conversation about diversity. It's a very small number because I think people are afraid to have the conversation or they're going to offend somebody or, um, you know, I think something you and I were talking about, Kim, is you feel that sometimes when a white woman compliments a black woman on her hair, it's because she doesn't want to say anything that's offensive and she doesn't know what to say. So maybe saying, oh, your hair looks really nice, but to a black woman, she's like, okay, can we talk about something else? You were Yeah, I've definitely had personal experience with that. Um, both my daughter is uh, African. Well, she has her own identity crisis, right? She's Ethiopian. She's African. She's African-American. She's American. 
she's all, she's none, she's either, what group does she fit in? And, you know, she's 10 years old and truly already struggles with that. Um, but, you know, just raising her as a young child, I'd have uh, other African-American women come up and just put their hands right on her head and be like, oh, you need some help. Okay, cool, thanks. Got it. Uh, I'm kind of working through some different situations that you're unaware of, but I appreciate the kindness and the reach out. Um, I know personally from spending hours and hours, and when I say hours, I mean hundreds if not into the thousand of hours on hair research and tutorials, and I've done my daughter's hair since day one, all the braids, all the twists, all the twists outs, all the flat rope twists, all the everything that you can do. Um, and so I personally love looking at other African-American women's hair. And so I think nothing of it to say, hey, I love your style. That's really great. And, you know, I was at a conference a, a number of months ago, and I had a woman um, not say to me, she said, oh, thanks, and then said to a mutual friend, why do white women always have to ask me about my hair? I'm so sick of it. All right, so maybe she doesn't know me. Maybe she doesn't know my background. I'm definitely not walking around with a sign saying I've got a black daughter, right? Um, but I gave that some some serious thought. And I was thinking, I feel, because I also have a lot of white women look at my daughter's hair and say, I love your daughter's hair. I think it's great. Do you do those styles? And you know, I think that it's a, a conversation opener. I think that sometimes people want to reach out. Um, they want to connect. And they don't know how to do that. And I think um, noticing something uh, to compliment, whether it's, hey, Ji Young, I really like your sweatshirt that you're wearing today. Um, right? Or, hey, Jasmine, I really like your locks. I think they look great. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. I think that it's an opportunity that people take advantage of because they're, they want to connect, and maybe that's just an easy way to do it, and to some that may be offensive. Some women may get sick and tired of hearing it. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I think that there's a lot of different ways that that can be viewed and to be looked at. Um, I do want to talk about the whole Detroit Metro Detroit difference. And I have done so much international travel in my life. I've been to more countries than I have states. Um, I have never said that I'm from Royal Oak, Michigan. I have only ever said I am from Detroit, mm -hmm. ever. People know it. People recognize it. People associate location. Um, honestly, even more than Michigan. To, to be truthful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Scarlett. Um, my, it's funny you bring that up. My family's from the suburbs of Chicago. And whenever, it's the same. We just, where are you, from? you where from are you from? Chicago. International travel, you always say Chicago. You, you don't say Highland Park. You don't say Gurney. You don't say. Yeah, and even domestic yeah. travel, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you're in Colorado. A absolutely. Any type of travel outside of this immediate area. Yeah. And I'm going to say Detroit. Um, and not really ever given thought, and I'm super happy for this platform, Detroit Mom in general, the podcast specifically, to really have these deeper conversations. I think it's really good and important because maybe it is something I need to give more thought to, right? Maybe it's something that I say frequently, I'm from Detroit, knowing that Metro Detroit's an extension, not really realizing, am I offending someone? And if I am, let's have that conversation knowing that I'm very well-intentioned, knowing that I'm not trying to overstep I'm not trying to represent something that I'm not. Um, I know that I am. I have. I am raising a multicultural family that comes with its own struggles. That comes with its own balance, uh, ch uh, battles and challenges. Um, I think that 
none of us know what the other person's doing. Just like someone who's living in Detroit might not know a Metro Detroit person's struggle. I mean, we just all, we all have different situations, but that's why we're here and we're here to have this conversation and to talk more about this. And, you know, maybe to say, hey, Kim, I love your thought on that. Here's different language that you might want to consider using. Or here's a different question you might want to consider asking yourself. Or when you're talking with your children about this, maybe you want to consider this. Now, all the work I've done, I'm going to think maybe I've considered those things, but maybe not. For crying out loud, we're learning every single day. We're growing every single day. So I'm super grateful to you, Elizabeth, for having this platform so we can talk about this. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is Jiang, and I feel exactly the same way as Kim. I think maybe I'm trying to simplify um, a much more complex question or opinion that is out there, but from um, someone being um, a minority voice on this team, I've always um, had the same, I guess, view or opinion. Detroit Mom is um, a label or a name of this community that happens to cover multiple regions in the area, no different than any other um, metro area in different states. It's something that in my opinion, is inclusive of itself, right? Detroit, when I think of Detroit, um, you know, having immigrated here from when I was a kid to having grown up inside the city and also having moved out of the city, um, it's not something that I've felt in my life as something that limits or puts a defining, I guess, set of rules on who it applies to. So yes, this is a group, Detroit Mom, that I joined when I was looking for a community of other moms. Um, but from my personal experience of being on the team and having met the plethora of women that have come and gone from the team, um, the thing that I've noticed in the past few years is always the constant goal and constant, um, I guess, internal um, mission is to always grow our umbrella, right? Within the group, within how we reach the community, that has always been the underlying thing that I've seen and experienced being on this team is to grow as a group, to grow as a community, to be able to reach those that we aren't reaching um, in past years. And so I guess that's where my opinion is as far as diversity and inclusion of the big elephant in the room to be addressed. <laughs> Jasmine, do you have anything to say in regards uh, to that? <laughs> I do. So being African-American, I think sometimes and I've had these conversations with other um, friends of mine that are African-American. There's not for any group one uh, perspective that's going to represent everyone, right? Like there are going to be a range of thoughts, opinions, and emotions, and that's really just a part of the experience of being an individual for me and just trying to be open to understanding while at the same time recognizing my own voice and how I feel through my own personal experiences. Um, in regards to, I think just, so I moved away from Michigan and I lived out of state and like everyone else, when I was asked, you know, where I was from, I said Detroit even though uh, my family had moved out of the city at that time. And I think it's just one of those things, like you said, it's easily identifiable and it kind of, I tried both ways being out of state and there was always a reference of, oh, what city is that near? So I kind of, I get the thought process, especially when you're talking about branding and community of wanting it to be easily identifiable. Um, 
at the same time, I also recognize that gentrification is real and that there is a real concern from a lot of different communities when you talk about who's representing what and being and seeing companies that may just slap a label you know, on a brand or on a t-shirt because they want to be identified with something that they're not really contributing to. So anytime that I join an organization, um, I think about my own personal life, the things that I do with my family, I look at when I'm a part of something, what's the goal? Am I being transparent? Can I be my authentic self? Is there growth? And at the end of the day, are we giving back to that community or are we just putting that name on a t-shirt and trying to brand it? And for me, if I felt like Detroit Mom was just slapping a label on something and not actually doing work behind that, I wouldn't be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I think when it comes to any type of organization, there are going to be um, processes of growth, right? And Detroit Mom, just like anything else, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be um, transparent feedback. There's going to be moments of celebration. But overall... Um, I know through having conversations with you, Elizabeth, and meeting some of you ladies and just having real authentic conversation that I can actually say that I feel wholeheartedly that the intention and the leadership of Detroit Mom is doing the right thing of having everyone having a voice and having the right intention and doing that and bringing people to the table to have real conversation. And even if at times there were bumps in the road. I think for me, what I look at is the heart of leadership. And through having personal relationship, I know that to me, it's important to still be a part of the group. And I guess my message to anyone that has concerns or um, thoughts about whether or not it's a authentic connection to the city, I would encourage them to take a chance like I did and going to a random place that I Googled and meeting a random stranger <laughs> to really just build your own relationship and see for yourself. And I think that is personal responsibility that we all have to take without the judgment of looking through a one-sided lens and really saying, I don't really know what they're about, but if I'm going to make a comment, I'm also going to make a step to go and to see for myself and give it time, you know, just because you come to one event, you may not have a connection. You may not see people that look like you. But like you said, there are 70 women. Mm -hmm. We all have lives. We all have responsibilities outside of this group. So it took some time, you know, and it was a transition. And I think that it was a process to get to this point, to have transparent conversations. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that I'm still here. I'm glad that I can say that I've seen other stages and then I can acknowledge the growth. And I also think that um, the most important thing for me is just being open and being transparent when you do see something and saying something in a respectful way and acknowledging the fact that through that growth and through that experience that you will be uncomfortable and you'll have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to really um, expand the reach of navigating with support this motherhood journey I love that no and it's true and I think that that's a big thing that we want to do in kind of having this conversation obviously this is not as in depth as where you know we're probably going to go but 
I am somebody, I love everybody. I don't care if you're black, brown, you're purple, you're whatever you are. Like, I want to learn from you. I want to grow as a, as a person. I want my kids to be a part of it. You know, I don't want my kids to grow up in a white community like I did. I, I just don't. And it's important to me to have my kids around other children that don't look like them. And that when my daughter wants to bring, you know, can she have a girlfriend over and she's black? I'm going to be like, yes. Like I, I, my children don't see that part, right? They don't, they're just their friends. And whereas for us, there's a separation. I feel like this part that's just like, oh, well, you're black, I'm white, or you're Korean, or you're this, so we naturally gravitate towards people who look like us. But I'm not – I'm someone who's like, if I see you standing by yourself, Jasmine, I'm going to come over and talk to you because mm-hmm. I, I want to know about you. Yeah. Um, and so for myself, and I know that everybody doesn't feel this way, but I think that a lot of people do in a sense that they want to learn more about it and they want to have the conversations, but they don't know how to start the conversation. And for us, how can we start the conversation to help other people get out there and meet people that aren't just like them. And we've had people say, you know, I live in this area and it's mostly white, white, a white community. How can I get my kids in a, you know, around more people that don't just look like them? So in general, I think the kind of the goal is like, how can we do that as a community, as Detroit mom, and welcome all women in? It doesn't matter. Like, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> you know, it's just so interesting to me because with with black, white, whatever, we all have those groups of people in our, you know, like where, wherever racism stems from, I'm a firm, I do believe it's something that we're told, we're taught. It's something that is ingrained in us that we grow up with because where I come from, it is something that's very real. Like people, but when you only grow up with white people, like that's how they're going to, they're going to feel. But my, with my dad working at GM, we didn't feel that. And it's not something that I ever felt that with, with any other race at all. I just didn't feel it. So I think that for me, I want to know, I want to know about other cultures. I want to understand it. I want to have the conversation and have an honest conversation because I'm frankly over the surface stuff. Like I'm, I'm in my thirties. I'm just done having the surface conversations because they lead us nowhere. And I want to have a conversation where I can understand where you're coming at. And if you don't feel that I should own Detroit mom, because I'm a white woman, I want to know why you feel that way. And I want to explain to you why I own Detroit mom and why I feel the way I do and why it's important to me to own Detroit mom. So at the end of the day, that's kind of my, I, I want to have these conversations and why we started the unfiltered mom is to be able to open up to this, this whole thing. And I know you've struggled with it. And I know Ji Young, you have a label for yourself <laughs> that it, like literally makes my skin crawl when you say Which it. label would this be? Motor, Yankee, egg. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, like J- Jasmine said, I think, and I think, um, what brought us all here to the table, right? Whatever the difference is, is in our background. There is definitely a personal responsibility to choose and want to be here. I think I've grown up with it, certainly in my own life, being different, um, having, you know, majority grown up in a white community, being a minority, I had to put myself out there. I had to put aside what I felt like was different on my 
behalf and immerse myself. And don't get me wrong, I have plenty of Korean or other Asian friends who chose to stay within, you know, our cultural community. Um, it happened in my own family. I mean, I, I think it is definitely an element of personal responsibility. If you do feel a certain way about Detroit mom, about the community that you feel like is portrayed, then, um, and obviously I come from a place where I personally know Elizabeth, but um, she is hands down one of the most open people I've known, and she is always curious, always open to having those <laughs> uncomfortable <Spiritual>. conversations. <laughs> um, and it is. I think it's growth on both sides, both, you know, a growth opportunity for our listeners, growth opportunity for us as a team, um, as a community mm-hmm that already exists within Detroit Mom. I've only been here for three years, three and a half years. And even in that time, um, the team has changed. It has grown. It has expanded. It has, um, you know, gone through the ups and downs of bringing this big of a group of women, of moms together. And um, I think these are the types of conversations that do need to be addressed and need to be had for um, continual growth. I don't think there's an end game um, more than just the constant want and need for us ind- as individuals and as a community of moms in Detroit to want to learn from each other and to better ourselves both as individuals and as a whole community. Can I, I just want to bring up and talk, this is Jasmine, I just wanted to talk about um, cultural community being comfortable and how that's normal for a lot of people, right? And it doesn't necessarily make it right or wrong. It's just who you choose to be around and um, spend your time with. Choosing to be around people that make you feel comfortable to me is not per se a bad thing. Um, I think when you slam the door on other opportunities, that's kind of like the gray area. And even talking to family members, I have some family members that aren't comfortable inviting people that don't look like them over to their house. It's fine, you know, to have coworkers. It's fine for their children to have friends at school. But there's a barrier when you get to the house threshold doors. Why do you think? Like, what is it? I mean, I think it goes back to comfort levels, like everyone. And I think we all do it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, just because you're white or just because you're black. It's just I'm more comfortable with the people that I've been around and the people that I've stamped as being okay being in my safe space. And I don't want to have anyone who would challenge or maybe make me feel uncomfortable in my own safe space around me. So I choose, and sometimes we don't choose, right? Like at work, you don't really get a say. You're forced into situations sometimes that you have to deal with people that don't look like you. So it's just being in this sort of group, it really pushes you to think about why you're not inviting people who are different than you into your own safe space because I'm choosing to be in this group, right? Like I'm not receiving a paycheck to be here. I'm making a conscious decision to be a part. And I think sometimes in making those type of decisions it's an uncomfortable space to be in and not everybody wants to do it not everybody even thinks it's a problem you know they think that as long as you have um you know friends at work and you have friends from childhood then you've checked that box and you can move on 
But I think what we're noticing more and more, especially now in the current climate that we're in, that difference is being amplified Mm -hmm. on an entirely different level. And if you're uncomfortable with how you're seeing that difference and that separation really being put out there, you have to be equally uncomfortable to put yourself in situations where you're choosing with intention to be around people that don't look like you, to learn and be open. And it's it's just a different level. I think that we're being challenged at this point in time, whether it's in motherhood or in our personal lives, to really consider what we're doing on a personal responsibility level to really identify what what's happening right now for us individually, for us collectively, yeah. and even in having conversations with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to have open conversations with him because he's bringing issues and concerns to me that I never had to bring to my parents. And all of those things are part of my personal journey as a mom that are really real for me that I want to feel like even though Others may not have that same experience, whether they're my culture, race or not, that I still can be open and really expressing myself and just saying what my personal truth and experience has been. Would you agree, Jasmine, the more that you do that, that your safe space then eventually expands? Yes. Right? Yes. So I think that there's a level of discomfort, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And, and you've got to be comfortable with being having that discomfort. Yeah. And the more you do it, then it becomes comfortable. And when it becomes comfortable, then all of a sudden your safe space has now expanded Mm -hmm. and opened and increased. And, you know, I think that that's one of the things um, personally that we strive to do at our house on all different levels um, and in the different conversations that we have and the different groups. And and I think in general, that's what Detroit Mom is striving to do, right? To continue to have possibly these uncomfortable conversations until they eventually become comfortable. Because they will, because this will then become the norm. And then it can be more inviting and welcoming and comfortable. And then we're all feeling like we're where we should be. I mean, evolution, growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Whether it's our personal goals, whether it's um, the things that we choose to implant in our children. Um, I know definitely raising biracial children. I don't think you can get as unfiltered as a seven-year-old who is starting to develop his own opinions, who is um, obviously coming into his own social circles that have has placed influences on him outside of my control. Mm-hmm. And it is. It is those awkward questions. It is those uncomfortable conversations that I have to have with my children about why, you know, mom's parents speak a different, completely different language than his grandparents on his dad's side. Um, the different types of food, the, you know, different types of customs. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, I I have personally had my six-year-old when he was six years old ask me, you know, why am I not 100% American? I'm not Korean. And this is my child who actually physically takes more after me than his his father. Um, And still had one day when he came up to me, he's like, no, I'm not Korean. I'm just American. Um, And those uncomfortable conversations, my personal feelings aside, um, explaining to him the differences. I think um, I also come from a background of um, I don't say I don't see color. Color exists. Color exists every day in our world. And it's something that makes especially our family unique. We have a lot of differences that come um, obviously from the differences in my and my husband's cultural background. So it's something that's readily talked about in our house. It's not something that I want to avoid. But 
it is the lesson of I want my children to feel comfortable being different or seeing other people coming from different backgrounds and, you know, having friends of different um, backgrounds and influences, religions, all of that stuff. And I guess at the end of the day, the only commonality that I want to teach my children is that we are all at the end of the day human beings that should care about one another um, as, a, as an entire human race, right? Um, as cheesy as that sounds, that's mm. my goal as a mom. And like Jasmine said, I think the reason why it's at the forefront um, and why it needs to, why these difficult conversations right now need to happen, especially in our community as moms, is because of the fact that we are the ones in control of how our next generation is raised, right? Exactly. You, um, obviously, Elizabeth mentioned earlier that, you know, it is taught. Kids are seeing through the lenses and hear through what we are showing by example. And so, again, I I do. I personally, just because of our, obviously, personal situation, take it upon myself to um, make sure that our friend circle is diverse and more than just race. I mean, I think there's diversity in so many different areas of um, people and different mom friends that I have and just being able to learn myself of those types of differences and also um, I guess normalizing that for my own children Um, so anyway I think it's something that's important and something that we all obviously feel very strong about as moms and how we want to influence our children in this generation which is Again, something that underlines the whole goal and mission of the Detroit mom community. So, yeah. And I just, I guess I just want to, before the disclaimer, put this disclaimer out there that um, we by no means are, um, well, for me, I'm not suggesting that this is a kumbaya session and that we're all in agreement on how to make the world a better place and just come over to you know Detroit mom and everything will be okay right like (laughs) at some point we even in this setting with us having this open conversation we had several conversations before getting to this point right of learning each other trying to figure out our different perspectives. And I think, again, personal relationship and building a connection matters when you're trying to create a safe space to have these sort of dialogues. And that's just the part that I would encourage um, everyone to really understand that we all don't agree. Right. Yeah, this, this isn't to true. say that we all come here, come, you know, yes. telling our stories and we're all holding hands yes. and loving each other. <laughs> no, it's coming here with the intention that all of us are at least open minded to hear all of our perspectives. Yes. Are we always going to agree? Absolutely not. And that we want to create an opportunity through being a part of Detroit Mom to be respectful and to listen and to really have a community where you feel like you can have this difference and still. Um, maintain your individuality as a mom within a motherhood community. Yeah. I love it. And that's, and I think that's the whole takeaway to this is obviously this is very broad. Like we brought up that this is an issue that we see it. It's something that, that weighs heavy on me. Um, and I know several other people on our team is when we get comments like that, it's like, for me, I know it's an issue. I know that, you know, Racism is an issue. I'm very aware that it's an issue. And I want to give a voice to those people. I want to use my platform to make a change, to make a difference. And whether it be for other women or for other women to teach their children 
to impact, like Ji Young said, the next generation? How can we impact the next generation where they understand things that are happening? You know, things that are happening in the city. What's going on with the city? Why people that live in the city feel like they're being pushed out? Um, you know, stuff like that. How can we talk to our kids about that? Or when our kids are talking to us and they are saying, you know, like my daughter came home and she goes, yeah, my friend. And I said, oh, which friend are you talking about? And she said her brown friend. And I was like, OK, now is that something that's going to be offensive? I'm asking that question. How can we can we help our children better identify or explain to one another who they're talking about when they're talking about a friend? Like, what do we need to do? Where do we need to do more work? Like, what can we do as a community to help educate other people? And, you know, I get it. Like, it's not on a black woman's – it's not a black woman's responsibility to educate a white woman, right? I understand that. It's not a white woman's – but in some part of me, I don't know what I don't know. So it wasn't until I worked at I – work, I used to work for a um, hospital in the city – and I loved this. I had just moved there, and there was this, this woman had this most beautiful hair, and I touch it. She's like, you don't ever touch a black woman's hair. And from that moment, I was like, I will never touch a black woman's hair. I will never touch anybody's hair. <laughs> um, but for me, that was a huge eye opener, and it was a learning experience for me that I didn't know that because nobody ever told me that. Like where, where I come, you know, white women will always touch each other's hair. Like naturally, we're touching each other's hair or – Whatever the case may be, I, I get it all the time. People are always like, oh, your hair's so pretty and they're touching it and stuff. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I do realize it that other people are bothered by it. So I think that if anything we can do is have continuously have these conversations. Like you said, this is not it's not a kumbaya session. Mm -hmm. It's us saying we see it, we know it's out there, we know it's an issue. What can we do? as a group of women, as 70 women, as a community of women, to make it better for the community as a whole? How can we create change within the community that we have to be more inclusive, to bring more women to the table, to bring women of different, you know, like Jasmine, you're a black woman and you currently live in the suburbs. Let's, you know, we have Tiffany, who's a black woman who lives in the city. You know, the perspectives, let's, let's start having these conversations and talking about the issues that are in the city or, you know, Jiang, like how you feel as being an immigrant, like the raw parts of that, because I think that there's these parts of us that we're not having those conversations because we're afraid of what people are going to think about us or what they're going to say or whatever the case may be that we're not we're not having these conversations. And we know this from our micro blogs is when people open up and say how they truly feel it's really hard to hear the backlash, but I think it's one of these things where we have to be prepared. And us doing this podcast right now, we are very prepared and very aware that not everybody is going to agree with us and not everybody is going to like what we have to say. Um, but in hopes that we're bringing a voice to everybody, and if you're a voice out there that you feel you can contribute to your, you know, you can speak for your community or speak for yourself and help other women learn or expose them to the things that maybe they're not traditionally exposed to. We're here. We, you know, reach out to us. We want to talk to you. And um, I think that's kind of the important thing. So here's just kind of a, like a little bit of a sampling of what you can expect from the unfiltered mom. 
Um, we'll be obviously talk. There's a lot of different topics that we can talk about when it comes to diversity. Um, the women that you heard today, they're, they'll be on many other podcasts um, with different perspectives, talking about different topics and definitely very unfiltered. So please rate us, review us and subscribe to us. And we look forward to talking to you next time.